It's time for the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole, the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty, serving you throughout the triangle, teaching you about the ins and outs when it comes to buying or selling a home. You can find the team online by going to acolerealty.com. That's A-C-O-L-E, realty.com, or by calling 919-578-3128. That's 919-578-3128. And now it's time for one of the top realtors in the triangle, Angie Cole, and the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I want to get your reactions to a couple of these headlines, Angie. Um, first one, I saw an article about lighting mistakes. And as someone who's kind of doing some lighting changes in their home currently, somewhat successfully just redid two bathroom vanity lights this weekend. So, <laughs> how, I, how did that turn out there, Walter? I didn't die. You know, so <laughs> you're here today to talk with us. I didn't get shocked, so that's yeah. good. Um, you know, there aren't major holes in the wall, so that's good. I got a little crafty and creative on solving some problems, but. I'll probably will go back in a few months and redo it. So, but, but you are a true do-it-yourselfer, huh? It, it'll get us through a couple of months. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, but this one pointed out some lighting mistakes that people often make in their home. So uh, one it pointed out was too many lights in the kitchen that point to the floor, and just kind of giving overall light versus using lighting to highlight features and workspace areas. So they suggested things like yeah. under cabinet lighting and well-positioned recessed lights that, you know, hit certain elements and details in the room. It's an interesting way to think about lighting. You know, I guess I just have always thought you just throw the light on, you just want it to be bright rather than using it strategically. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, for example, like under cabinet lighting, you know, it really will reflect off of the countertop. And then if you have a backsplash, it really just makes that backsplash, you know, pop and show up a lot better. It is night and day when you have under cabinet lighting versus not. And just kind of that, it's like that ambiance. I feel like that's your word I just stole. But, you know, it gives you just that warmth feeling. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that, you know, kind of more of focal points versus having a kitchen that's glowing. Yeah. <laughs> My folks did the uh, under cabinet. I think it's like under cabinet. I don't know if the verbiage is correct, like uh, track lighting, like where uh -huh. it's like the, yeah. it's not just one light under each one, but like a little row or strip of lights. Man, it right. looks really exactly. good at night when it, they turn those on. It is. It really does. I, I just love, we have it on underneath our cabinets. And, you know, even though we have enough and my my husband goes crazy because I'm one of those people I turn on all of the lights and I turn on all of the lights but then I'm like oh we gotta pop on the under cabinet lighting as well because it just gives it a different feel it just seems kind of luxurious to me yeah I've always been one who just like leaves on the microwave light you know the, uh -huh, the under uh -huh. and like that's the only light in the kitchen unless you're in there doing something I kind of like walking through a dark kitchen that just has the one the one light from the microwave sort of lighting things up. I used to love, we don't... Um, you, ha you have to clean your cooktop, we have the though, range otherwise hood. that's not so good. It, <laughs> right, you're right, you're exactly right. So we have uh, we have a range hood right, um, instead the of the microwave above. And same idea, I, yeah. I love keeping that on because it just kind of brightens up the cooktop and just the nice backsplash behind it. Yeah, it just gives it a, a, a cool look. If, I agree. If you don't clean the cooktop, though, don't, don't highlight that. That's not good. Right, but I always think, you know, instead of just a huge, like, fluorescent light on the ceiling, that's kind of yeah. old school a little bit, you know, do some nice like pendant lighting, you know, so it's more focusing on certain areas of the kitchen and it's just, it changes up the feel. Yeah. I agree. I'm not a fan of pendant lighting. No? I'll be honest. No. Nope. Oh, why not? I, I don't, I just don't like it. I, I don't like how it dangles down. I don't, it's almost too spotlighty. I don't oh. know. I've just never been a fan of pendant lighting. You're weird. I like under cabinet. <laughs> I like recessed lighting, but yeah. the pendant lights, I don't know. I just, oh. I'd rather have my vision be 
be cleared, you know, not I, painting No, too I low. understand that. So we have um, we have pendant lighting, but ours don't drop down super low. So I know what you're saying. Like we we have the pendant lighting, but it still is like high enough up that it doesn't seem like it's in your line of vision okay. like you're talking about. So that about. probably so makes it, a big difference, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I see where you're going. I see mm-hmm. where you're going with this. I'm not criticizing people who like pendant lighting. I'm just saying for me. My experience. Once again, we're gonna we're going to receive nasty phone calls. My, my <laughs> experience with it has just been I'm not a, not a fan, but you know I'm a fan right, of things that other right. people aren't. So hey, it's such is the world. Similar to highlighting the floor, uh, people often will illuminate drywall with their lighting instead of focusing on cool. Again, it comes down to details, right? Instead, uh, position lighting to highlight molding, arches, shelving, that kind of thing. Yeah, so I agree here. You know, just illuminating the drywall is kind of a placing a focal point on just a blank canvas, a blank space. Instead, you know, focus on kind of the changes, the, um, you know, the extra touches in the room. Like you mentioned, the molding, the arches, the shelves, you know, there's some bookshelves. Um, I think that's a great thing to put some extra little lighting in those just to give those a pop because, in most homes, those are considered to be upgrades, right? Where every home has drywall. So, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think that's um, unless you're just really proud of the drywall work that you've done. You know, as someone who's patched a lot of drywall recently, I might want to highlight my patches and be like, "Look, you can't even tell." Right, right. You don't want to. You don't. Yeah, I prefer not to focus on the waviness <laughs> of the drywall. Right. Hey. Let's, let's focus on the bells and the whistles. Wah, no. wah, wah. A dig, <laughs> yeah. a dig at my patches. I know. There. I know. Ugh, terrible. All right. Uh, third thing in here too. We we'll back to the bathrooms. Uh, harsh bathroom vanity lights. Instead, try using things like wall sconces it suggests now i've heard wall sconces are out in other parts of the house these days but still good in the bathroom yeah most definitely just i guess instead of all i can think of is hollywood you know where you have those like round bulbs like a strip way too Um, way too harsh yeah right and so i think that's what it's stating is you know those vanity lights where it's a big strip of lighting and just all you know seven bulbs lined up instead do yeah like some sconces or a nice you know light with a globe on it you know they have a lot of just really pretty bathroom lighting where maybe it's a two or three kind of uh lighting feature you know with each other's separate own globes on them it's just it's it's more of a just a softer look i would say mm-hmm. versus yeah the, the hollywood lights that just lights up the whole bathroom i saw a picture the other day in a home and, and it had what exactly we were describing it must have been 15 bulbs across i was like oh that's, that would be blinding in the morning <laughs> uh, right right yeah it's like oh i yeah too much i don't want to see all that so early in the morning yep exactly <laughs> so there you go some of the uh, lighting mistakes that the article pointed out helpful if you're thinking about doing some of those changes in your home uh something else i wanted to discuss today, Angie, uh, mortgage closings uh, happening faster than ever, according to a recent study. So now this this comes with a caveat. I could not make out from the survey or the details in the article here exactly what this period is defined as. And I don't know if you'll be able to give us some insight based on the numbers here. I don't know if they're counting it from, okay, offer accepted to now closing, and that's the closing period, or if they're talking about application to closing on a Hmm. home my guess is it's from offer accepted to actual closing but then it almost seems like these numbers are too too large i don't know they you know and i think we need to remember that this is just not for north carolina right right national data here yeah that's important to remember 
other um, other areas, the whole process from contract to close is lengthier. You know, the norm in our area is typically about 30 to 45 days from contract to closing. You know, most lenders in our market can easily close a home in 25 to 30 days. So I, I'm assuming, you know, it's from contract to close just because yeah. when most people make an initial application. It can be several months, could be even a year, you know, before. Right, you might get pre-approved they get way serious. ahead of time. Yeah, so. Most definitely, which you should. You should always get pre-qualified, pre-approved in advance, you know, so you truly understand your buying power and you understand uh, the price point that you should consider, right? So yeah, I would say that they are talking about contract to close. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I don't know the reason behind that um, because I actually not just feel i know that you know lending has becoming become more you know stringent in regards to being stricter on you know asking a lot of questions getting a lot more documentation just because of in the past you know where we had the crash and a lot of that was due to lending and just anyone out there receiving a loan. So I do feel like they put you through the ringer just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe, you know, that's been a while since we had that crash, right? So maybe it's starting to get faster again as far as the overall process goes. Maybe you also have buyers that are understanding the process a little bit better. Yeah. And so maybe education. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's not so much on the lenders as far as why this timeline is, you know, now a little bit more tightened and we're moving a little bit quicker as far as from contract to close. But maybe it's just the buyers understanding the process, being educated better and understanding that, hey, whenever the lender asks you for, you know, a piece of documentation, get it to them ASAP because this whole process could really be held up if you if you don't. Yeah, I think the the holdup is usually not so much with the mortgage company until there's a problem. It's usually the person turning in the paperwork. And that was one of the reasons the article pointed to was that, uh, you know, the the fact that everything is a lot more digital these days. It allows for quicker turnaround times on getting signatures and things like that. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Um, And now it 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 did mention lower volumes of mortgages needing to get through the system. And that's probably a byproduct of what you're talking about. More stringent loan situations. There's actually less people applying for loans because of the stringent rules, but that lower volume then helps everything happen more quickly and and close faster that way. Well, and I, I wonder too if it's the mortgage lenders really doing their job a lot more upfront, right, to make sure that someone is truly pre-qualified and good to go before they just quickly hand them that pre-qual letter and they start going down the process only to you know realize that hey they're not truly qualified. So you know maybe it's a mixture. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, the numbers, by the way, I don't think I ever gave the actual numbers. Only 40 days from contract to close in 2019 so far. It was 51 days last year and then 74 days back in 2017. So it's really come down quite a bit from a couple of years ago, uh, which is yeah. interesting to see those numbers. Refinancing, by the way, they gave data on that. Relatively similar, a little bit shorter time frame, uh, 38 days this year, 43 last year and 55 back in 2017 so just a couple of interesting little stats for you there that is yeah interesting yep you've been listening to the savvy realtor podcast i'm walter storholt alongside angie cole she's the owner and broker in charge of a cole realty here in the triangle and if you have questions for angie we invite you to go online to acolerealty.com listen to past podcast episodes on the website read the blog and all the great information including the option to find a home right there on the website That's acolerealty.com. And you can also call Angie with your questions, 919-578-3128. 